Good morning. Uh, I'm so thankful that uh, we're able to to come together and uh, and worship and and listen to God's word and, and to pray um, online. And yeah, I trust that God's grace is is sufficient uh, wherever we're finding ourselves uh, in this morning. So. Uh, I encourage everyone, I invite everyone to, to turn your Bibles to, to Lamentations 1. Lamentations 1. Um, ask that you would have that passage in front of you. Um, uh, the book of Lamentations is in the Old Testament. It's after Jeremiah. And we're starting the first part of our exile sermon series this week. Uh, you know, last week we started off this theme of what it means to be a heavenly exile. I know Christians are exiles. Uh, We're away from our home in heaven, but we're making the journey uh, back home. And and, and the first part of this this series uh, is is entitled Hope in in Mourning. Hope in Mourning. Uh, The the book of Lamentations is is a book of of mourning. And, And it contains five uh, poetic prayers that express that the pain and, and sorrow of the Israelites in exile. Uh, as you read the book, it, it describes uh, their confusion, their sadness, their, their hurt, their suffering. And, and this book w- was written to guide God's people to, to find hope as they journeyed through a time of intense suffering and darkness. And it does this by teaching them how to pray to God in, in their distress. And this type of prayer is called uh, a lament. A lament is a prayer that brings all feelings of grief and questions in suffering to God. Lament is a prayer that brings all grief and questions in suffering to God. So suffering and loss is a daily experience for exiles. Um, you know, humanity was exiled from God's presence in the Garden of Eden due to sin, and since then, life on Earth has been one life filled with a lot of loss. You know, loss of life, loss of love, loss of peace. Believers are heavenly exiles. Uh, we experience the loss and suffering that comes with living in a sinful world. Uh, but this world isn't where we belong. The suffering experience in this life, it shouldn't drive us to despair. It, instead, we're called to bring our, our griefs to God in lament. A- and it's through lamenting, it, it's through mourning that believers find hope to continue this journey home when we get lost in the sufferings of the world. So the main point for this morning is this. It's lament. Do it. Lament. It's the path to God in a world of sin and suffering. Uh, you know, believers need to lament. Believers need to learn to lament. So we're going to start studying the book of Lamentations for the next two months. And we're going to start by looking at the first chapter, uh, Lamentations 1. I uh, Just follow along as, as I read. This is God's word. How, how lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow she has become, she who was great among the nations. She who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks among all her lovers. She has none to comfort her. 
All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile because of affliction and hard servitude. She dwells now among the nations, but finds no resting place. Her pursuers have all overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The roads to Zion mourn, for none come to the festival. All her gates are desolate, her priests groan, her virgins have been afflicted, and she herself suffers bitterly. Her foes have become the head, her enemies prosper, because the Lord has afflicted her for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone away, captives before the foe. From the daughter of Zion, all majesty has departed. Her princes have become like deer that find no pasture. They fled without strength before the pursuer. Jerusalem remembers in the days of her affliction and wandering all the precious things that were hers from days of old. When her people fell into the hand of the foe and there was none to help her. Her, flows, her foes gloated over her. They mocked at her downfall. Jerusalem sinned grievously. Therefore she became filthy. All who honored her despise her, for they have seen her nakedness. She groans and turns her face away. Her uncleanness was in her skirts. She took no thought of her future. Therefore her fall is terrible. She has no comforter. O Lord, behold my affliction, for the enemy has triumphed. The enemy has stretched out his hands over all her precious things, for she has seen the nations enter her sanctuary, those whom you forbade to enter your congregation. All her people groan as they search for bread. They trade their treasures for food to revive their strength. Look, O Lord, and see, for I am despised. Is it nothing to you, all who pass by? Look and see if there is any sorrow like my sorrow, which was brought upon me, which the Lord inflicted on the day of his fierce anger. From on high he sent fire into my bones, he made it descend. He spread a net for my feet, he turned me back. He has left me stunned, faint, all the day long. My transgressions were bound into a yoke. By his hand they were fastened together. They were set upon my neck. He caused my strength to fail. The Lord gave me into the hands of those whom I cannot withstand. The Lord rejected all mighty men in my midst. He summoned an assembly against me to crush my young men. The Lord has trodden as in a winepress the virgin daughter of Judah. For these things I weep. My eyes flow with tears, for a comforter is far from me, one to revive my spirit. My children are desolate, for the enemy has prevailed. Zion stretches out her hands, but there is none to comfort her. The Lord has commanded against Jacob that his neighbors should be his foes. Jerusalem has become a filthy thing among them. The Lord is in the right, for I have rebelled against his word. But hear all you peoples and see my suffering. My young men and my young women have gone into captivity. I called to my lovers, but they deceived me. My priests and elders perished in the city while they sought for food to revive their strength. Look, O Lord, for I am in distress. My stomach churns. My heart is wrung within me because I have been very rebellious. In the streets, the sword bereaves. In the house, it is like death. They heard my groaning, yet there is no one to comfort me. All my enemies have heard of my trouble. They are glad and they have done it. You have brought the day you announced. Now let me be 
as I am. Let all their wrongdoing come before you and doubt, deal with them as you have dealt with me because of all my transgressions. For my groans are many and my heart is faint. So, so the first word of Lamentations is how. But the way it's written is with a large exclamation mark. It, it's not how, it, it's more like, ah, how? And, and that ah is just like that scream that you let out when you're just so overwhelmed with questions and, and, and despair. It's this question that, that expresses shock and, and confusion and astonishment all at once. You know, ah, how is the reaction of people when they're confronted with, with great suffering. You know, re recently, I was updated on the, the humanitarian crisis happening in Afghanistan. You know, there, there are families uh, starving due to uh, food shortages. And what really shocked me w was seeing uh, you know, a, a young mom struggling to feed her baby with, with milk found in, in a garbage dump. And the baby was so, was so frail and, and so weak, it, it could barely move. A and I started to think, what if that was, was my child? And this, ah, how moment came over me. I was finding it hard to even process the thought. It, it, it was so shocking and painful and, and overwhelming just, just to imagine that possibility. You know, this ah, how it, it is the original title for, for Lamentations. It's meant to express all the questions and shock that uh, God's people were experiencing. You know, how could this happen? How did this even happen? How can God allow this? You know, the past few years, you know, we, we've all experienced our own how moments in some way. Uh, I'm reminded of, of the loved ones who have passed away. Uh, you know, the, the recent you know, relational conflict that happened because of the social unrest, I know families broken and, and, and divided. You know, the effect of COVID in, in our life and those that we care about. And, and, and you know, w with this fifth wave, you know, this experience of, of loss uh, continues. You know, it grows bigger and bigger. You know, uh, countries and cities are, are struggling to recover economically. Inflation rates are rising. You know, right when the world was about to celebrate 2022 in the new year, just, just that, same, that same day, the celebrations were canceled and they were replaced with curfews and, and lockdowns. You know, right as people are starting to recover from the first two years of COVID, you know, re reconnecting with friends and family, back to a stable job routine, everything gets disori disoriented again. I in this passage, that the Israelites are, are no strangers to suffering. You know, they're like this widow who has mourned, who has, who has lost their husband. They've lost something so precious to them. They've lost their home and more. So when you look at the Bible, when you look at the passage, you know, there's these descriptions, you know, the Israelites are, are verse one, they're lonely. You know, verse two, they're weeping. Verse three, they are in distress. 
verse 4, they are suffering bitterly. In verse 4, it tells us all celebrations have been canceled. None come to the festival. Uh, the, the gates are desolate. You know, s- city centers that are usually filled with people and activity are empty. And, and I'm reminded of you know, pictures of, of cities in, in lockdown. It feels so, so wrong and, and so strange to see places where there should be people doing things, people living, just, just empty empty of, of any, any life at all. Uh, you know, verse 6 tells us that the, that the majesty has departed from the city. You know, a place once famous and powerful, prospering economically, attracting people from all over the world to see its beauty is, is now a disaster zone. And verse 7, in the midst of the loss, the Israelites find themselves spending their days recalling the past when things were better. And perhaps some of us can relate to to the experience of the Israelites. You know, we we find ourselves mourning a loss that's so great that we're we're stuck constantly remembering the past, stuck in this place when when things were were better, before we lost what, what we lost Now, the second part of verse 7 tells us what happened. Jerusalem was defeated and, and subjugated in battle. They, they lost their, their identity. They lost their culture. They lost their way of life. There is no more Jerusalem as they know it. In, in verse 8, we're told the Israelites were left to be despised by those around them, a meaning they were looked down on. They were seen as slaves who have very little value or, or no value under their new rulers. Believers are called to lament. It, it's the path to God in a world of sin and suffering. You know, th- this passage, it's not, it's not just describing a lot of suffering from the Israelites. The purpose of Lamentations is to guide people through this intense time of suffering and grief. And it gives expression to their, to their pain and disappointment and anger of those who, who survived this attack. Help them process things that they couldn't process on their own. It, it gives direction and purpose to the sorrow and suffering. They're not just in this endless cycle. There's a direction in it. And this, this direction is seen at the end of the book. But by the end of Lamentations, the situation hasn't changed, but the hearts of the people have changed. Uh, they face a situation not in defeat, but with renewed hope and confidence in, in who God is. The process of taking people on this spiritual journey happens through lamenting. The Israelites' suffering isn't meaningless. It, it, it's going somewhere. It, it, it's the path for them to find the God that they had forsaken and that they had lost because of their sin. Uh, as much as we would like to ag- ignore or, or avoid it, uh, much of life is, is loss. You know, suffering is an inevitable part of life exiled from God's presence. A- and believers need to know how to navigate the loss and suffering that we face because we're not immune to it. But at the same time, we're not left to be lost in it. 
we're heavenly exiles, we found the way home, and that means there is a way out of it as we journey in faith. So there are four things in this passage that tells us about what it means to lament, what it does, and how to lament. So I'm just going to go through these four points to help us uh, understand how to to lament better uh, together as as a church uh, in this season. So the first thing is this, uh, lament voices all suffering and loss to God. Right. Lament voices all suffering and loss to God. See, see, lamentations, it's not a prayer of somebody remembering how sad and lost they felt. It's a prayer of somebody who's right in the midst of suffering the lost. They're not just remembering an experience. They are living it out. They are living out that nightmare. And this person doesn't hide anything about what they're experiencing and feeling to God. No, they share every detail. Uh, in the original language of this book, in Hebrew, Lamentations is written as an acrostic poem. So meaning each line starts with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So Lamentations systematically lists out all of the Israelites' suffering in alphabetical order. And in this first chapter, each letter describes another aspect of the Israelites' suffering. You know, the, the way that Lamentations is written is to show us that God wants his people to go to him with all of their griefs. He doesn't want us to hold anything back. And in fact, we should make a list to make sure we don't miss anything. There's a lot of poetic language in Lamentations. Um, you know, when you first read it through, it just seems like one, like, jumbled thing. And the, so the way to read a poetic book like Lamentations is actually to think about the images that, that it brings out. So I just want to help us just to think about some of the things that that's actually describing in this first chapter. If you look at verse 5, it's actually describing how children are being taken away as slaves, how families are being torn apart. Um, we actually see that happening, you know, in the book of Daniel, that's what happened. He was, a, he was like a youth. He was torn away from his family. In verse 11, we have this picture that people are, are starving. They are desperately looking for food. Uh, verse 19 and 20, it tells us that the Israelites have been betrayed. Uh, you know, th- their, their lovers, those people that they thought they could trust, that they, that they cared about, deceived them. They didn't come to help them when they were attacked. You know, uh, we're, we're also told in that society had fallen apart. You know, things were so bad that, that their leaders, that the priests and the elders, had no ability to manage the crisis in the city. You know, all they could do was look out for themselves. It was, it was an every man for themselves type of uh, situation. For verse 20 tells us that you know, they faced threats of death from all sides. If they went outside into the street, there were enemies ready to, to attack them with the sword. If they tried to hide inside, well, they faced, they faced starvation and they faced disease because they were under siege for, for three years. And, and in the midst of this, you know, we're told how they feel. You know, th- their stomach churns, th- their hearts are wrung. You know, their life and expectations have been flipped over. The whole life is inside out. Nothing makes sense anymore, and, and that's reflected in their feeling. And, and by the end of this passage, we, we, all, all, all we see is that they're, they're groaning in pain in verse 22. 
Their, their hearts are faint. They are exhausted. They, they feel no energy or, or strength to, to continue on. Lament voices all suffering and loss to God. So, so uh, Evelyn's parents, they're, uh, they're, they're family counselors. Um, and um, one thing they're passionate about as counselors is helping people express their grief. And they're particularly passionate about helping uh, people with a Hong Kong background to express their grief because they found that um, we're not really good at doing that. Um, and uh, they've taught me some interesting things, um, some very helpful things. Well, one thing that they, they say to me a lot is, you know, we had such a good cry today. <laughs> or we had a freeing time crying yesterday. Uh, so, so they're good at crying and they're not ashamed of it. Um, you know, but, but they're also very happy people. Like, I don't know another, like, couple that is as happy as them. Um, know, in, in psychology, when we talk about therapy, you know, acknowledging and, and mourning loss, you know, be, being understood, being empathized with somebody is, is what it's, it's needed. Um, it, it's not healthy to keep things inside. You know, people need to find ways to express their grief and to see that they're not alone in the grieving. See, th there's a sense that people know that we're not able to go through these times of suffering on our own. No, we, we need help. We need people to understand us. We need people to listen to us. And, and, and that's so true. The people of Israel, they need to know that they weren't suffering alone. And that's what Lamentations helps them to see, that they're not suffering alone. But, but more than just sharing our griefs with, with other people, no, we need to share our griefs with, with God. Because at the end of the day, we're just a bunch of people suffering together with no one to help us because we're all in this place where we need help. You know, the only one we can go to for help is, is God. We need to voice all of what we're going through to him. So, so I want each of us to think about, you know, what are you mourning for right now? W what kind of loss have you experienced uh, over the past months, over the past years that that still grieves you? What's causing you, you pain right now? Yeah, God wants us to open our hearts to him. The Holy Spirit wants you to open your heart to him. Is there anything that you haven't expressed to God? Because being able to express it to God is the first sign that, that you trust him with it. So lament voices all suffering to God. Second, lament trusts God through the silence. Uh, you know, prayer to God in the midst of suffering is, is so difficult. You know, your, your, your experience tells you that, that God isn't there, that he isn't listening, that he doesn't care. 
your prayers don't don't seem to be going anywhere. It's like there's a huge wall separating you from 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 God. It, it just seems so meaningless and pointless to even try to pray. You 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 don't feel comfort. You only feel silence. And, and and that's how the Israelites felt. You know, one of the most repeated lines in this passage is seen in starting in verse two. You know, there is none to comfort her. You know, verse 9, she has no comforter. Uh, verse 16, comfort is, is so far from me. And, and throughout this passage, this person cries out to God multiple times. You know, verse 9, O oh, oh Lord, behold, look, look at my affliction. Uh, verse 11, look, Lord, and see. Uh, but, but, but no answer is given by God. But, but even in this silence, uh, this person continues to list each grief to God. And, and this passage ends w w with one last cry to God and no answer. Lament trusts God through silence. You know, perhaps you're in a place where, where, where you feel like no one understands you where God doesn't understand you, where God's not listening to you. You feel like giving up on, on prayer, giving up on, on even trying to seek him in your life. Don't give up. Fight and struggle and continue to lift your grief to the Lord. Because despite what it feels like, the, the truth is God does understand and deeply and fully knows what you're going through. And, and he's leading your heart to go where it needs to go. In this first passage, you know, there, there are two voices. Right? The first voice is from verses 1 to 11, and this is the voice of a person seeing the suffering around him and describing it. The second voice is from verses 12 to 22, and this is a person who is experiencing the suffering, describing their feelings directly. You know, the second voice is, is isolated in their own suffering. They're, they're unable to see that there is somebody who understands and who hears them. But when we read it, we see a fuller picture. We, we see that bigger perspective that there is somebody who saw and who understood. You know, there is a God who understands your suffering, who, who can comprehensively write them in a book like Lamentations. Now God is doing something in your life as you trust him through the silence. And, and, and as we voice our griefs to God, as we continue to trust him again and again, day after day, night after night, he begins to, he begins to do something in our hearts. He begins to do something in our hearts. Something that we may not expect Lament allows you to see sin rightly. That's the third point. Lament allows you to see sin rightly. See, what, what's so unexpected in this passage is that in the midst of pouring out all of the sorrows, not one time does this person get angry at God or, or accuse him of wrongdoing. In fact, it, it's the opposite. The more this person cries out to God in grief, the more he realizes it was his own sin that brought about the suffering and pain. See, verse 5 tells us the Lord afflicted the Israelites because of her transgressions. And in verse 14, 
is an acknowledgement, an acknowledgement that this this situation came from God as a as a consequence of sin. You know, my, my transgressions were, were bound together in, in a yoke. You know, the picture here is like sin materializing into a consequence that can be seen and felt. And, and in this case, it, it's a yoke being placed around their neck. It's this fact that they were subjugated and enslaved. The Israelites were punished specifically because they sinned. But, but their sin came out of the bigger consequence of the fall in the Garden of Eden, where sin infected the whole world. The suffering and loss is, is a natural consequence of all sin, and, and it comes in many different shapes and forms. And as we bring our laments to God, it helps us to process the suffering we face by seeing how horrible and evil <laughs> sin really is. You know, it, it's so bad that no words can describe it, just the horrifying effects that every person experiences while living life on the earth. But in this moment of great distress, something happens, something happens in your heart, I in your soul. You just take a look at verses 16 to 18. So verses, verses 16 is like just the most intense moment of this person's, this person's cry to God, right? You know, for these things I weep, my eyes flow with tears, a comforter is far from me, one to revive my spirit, my children are desolate, for my, my enemy has prevailed. And here this, this monologue stops. And th this, this lamenter is just so overcome with grief that that they can't speak anymore. And all we see is, is the first voice coming back and describing the picture. You know, Zion stretches out her hands, but there is none to comfort her. And it's this idea of someone just being, they don't know what to do. All they can do is lift up their hands, just crying out to God, like, God, can you hear me? God, do you experience what I experience? Can you help me in, in this situation? There's, there's just no words to, to describe. And, and, and in this wordless moment of desperation, something happens. This person encounters God. And the first reaction of encountering God is this. The Lord is right, verse 18, for I have rebelled against his word. But hear all you peoples and see my suffering. See, there's this moment where you just realize how desperately sinful you yourself is and how much you need God. See, all of our experience of suffering is, is a warning from God about the dangers of sin. See, the next thing this person says is, hear all you peoples, see my suffering. What happened to Jerusalem is like this huge warning sign to, to everyone else, don't, don't do what we did. Don't, don't sin like, like we sinned. Look how horrible it is. Look how I'm suffering. Don't do that. Stay away as much as you can. Get rid of it. You know, memorials help us to remember where something went wrong and how to avoid it. That this whole 
Book of Lamentations is a memorial of how horrible sin is. And as we, as we join in that weeping over you know, the sins that we experience, the sins of the world, the suffering that comes out of it, it's, it's a warning for us to, to, to not pursue our own ways. It's actually something that protects us that protects us, tells us something is wrong, avoid that pain, you know, pain that we feel is like, is God telling us, don't go there, it gets worse, turn back around, keep going on the path that you started when you trusted in me at first. The last point for this morning is this, lament reveals God to the heart. See, See, the first thing that happens isn't actually realizing sin, it's realizing who God is. You know, the Lord is in the right. You know, this person has a personal revelation of who God is. The Lord does what is good and right. He acts out of who he is. And, and in this place of, of lostness and darkness, he sees God. He, he encounters God in, in a new way for, for, for the first time. And it's from knowing who God is that this lamenter can actually go to God and start asking things of God because what he realizes is that God is right. Not just in the sense of, you know, he does right and wrong, but in the sense that he does what is good according to his character, according to to his grace. See, the most desperate cry happens at the end of this passage after this lamenter sees who God is through his laments. He sees more of his grace, so he can ask you know, at the end of this passage, please, 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 if you can, just judge my enemies because my enemies are still causing me so much harm. I, I trust that you're able to do this because you are a God who is righteous. And that doesn't really give like a, a full answer because this is just the first, the first chapter, but it starts to pull this person out of their sorrow to see who God is and to trust that God can respond out of who he is and not because of who they are. Now, now, now for us, we, we see a bigger picture than this lamenter. We see that God didn't just stand by and observe our suffering. He didn't just, he didn't just write about it in a book. You know, he came to live and suffer with us and, and for us. In Hebrews 5, 7, it says of Jesus, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. There was no sorrow like the sorrow of Christ on the cross. You know, there was no greater, ah, how then when Jesus cried out, my father, my father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, the answer to our ah hows in life is, is our sin. The answer to Christ, you know, my God, my God, ah how, why have you forsaken me is their sin. Christ died so that sinners might live and be free from their sin, that sin that causes so much suffering. Jesus took on exile so that we could experience life. See, this picture of 
desolation in Jerusalem is actually a picture of the desolation of Jesus. And when you look at verse 12, it says, Is it nothing to you all who pass by? Look and see if there is any sorrow like my sorrow, which was brought upon me, which the Lord inflicted on the day of his fierce anger. At the cross, there was no sorrow like the sorrow of Christ. And it was inflicted by God the Father because of the sins of the world. See, our lament has hope because of the lament of Christ throughout his whole life. So I just want to ask all of us here this morning, what will you do with the loss that you experience? Will you trust God with it? Will you cry out to God with it again and again until you encounter who he is? We need to learn how to cry out to God as believers. We need to learn how to cry out to God every day because every day we just face so many things, so many things that we want to turn off you know, on the news around us. But God calls us to pour them out to him. And, and, and as we do, we find the God who has paid for our suffering, the God who offers us hope. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and we're just going to spend some time in prayer in response. Uh, Holy Spirit, we just come to you this morning. I just pray for every single person who's, who's watching, who's listening, uh, who's heard your word. Uh, I pray that you would bring understanding. I pray that you would, you would reveal to us those those hurts, those griefs in, in our hearts, Lord. Those questions, those, those hows that we, we ask, we, we've been asking you or that we've stopped asking you or that we've given up on. Lord, Lord would you strengthen our hearts? Help us to trust you in, in the silence. Lord, Lord, we come to you with, with so many questions, so, so, many, so many hurts, God. We're so, we're so overwhelmed by them. We wait for you. We bring them up to you again and again. And we, we keep asking God, why, why, why COVID? Why another year? We just continue to go to you, Lord. Help us to go to you. In your name we pray. Amen.